It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Sean Dill, Lacey Book, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Thank you so much. Super awesome to be with a real live superhero. We've done tons of interviews, um, but we're super uh, excited to share with you a true superhero. And maybe over the course of this time, we'll become superheroes too. Ourselves, yeah. <laughs> well, I've read your book. And you already are a couple of superheroes, in my opinion, um, which we'll certainly figure out more of that as the show goes. But a great place to start might be, what what is your own definitions individualistically of what a superhero means to you? You go first. Well, gosh, I think that, you know, um, actually, I thought you would go first because you did a talk on this. And, and well, I, that's why I want you to go first. <laughs> well, I, I like this because there's different types of superheroes if we're going to use like a comic book definition. Um, but superheroes, first of all, in, in the comics, start out as ordinary people. And that's super important. Superheroes are just regular people who find that they have super superpowers. Um, you know, maybe they got big spider or you know, whatever it well, is. First but off, Sean doesn't watch all the I don't superhero, watch superhero movies, shows. So not all superheroes were ordinary people, but that's well, good that, there, there are some that are just they're just born <laughs> yeah, superheroes. Like Marvel, DC, I don't know. <laughs> the ones born that matter. People have powers, yeah. No, but they but they also have a, a normal person side. Sometimes them. there's powers within them that don't get exposed until certain things my, happen, which my is a point, great definition. But my, but my point is, are there any superheroes that are just full-time superheroes? Yeah, some people just have powers. No, they're just always superheroes. They always are wearing the outfit. <laughs> I, I mean, don't... look at Laban. He he's a full time superhero. Every time I've seen but him, he's, he's a got good outfit he's... on. I, know. I don't know if he always wears it. But... You're wrecking the podcast. <laughs> okay, okay. Here here's the deal. Um, ordinary people who discover that they have a gift, that they have something inside of them, um, and so really, what I think for me, a definition of a superhero is um, the one recognition of a gift, right? So we all have multiple gifts, but we have to recognize that sometimes our headspace, our environment, our upbringing gets in the way, and then a willingness to use it. Another common, common thread that I see in superheroes is um, there's oftentimes a reluctance, mm -hmm. um, like, you know, oh, I can, you know, I have these superpowers or these, these gifts, and I don't want to use it. And so you know, for me, everybody can become a superhero if one, we recognize that we all have gifts. And number two, that we embrace the concept of using these gifts for the greater good. 
And that's awesome. I mean, Sean and I are often on the same wavelength, but that would be my definition is the part two, is the willingness to selfish, selfishly share their gift with others and go out there and not and always put other people first, right? So you say with the world, but it's about sharing that gift with others that are in need. Uh, well, it's brilliant. And you're not wrecking the podcast at all. I think what's, what's, <laughs> what's actually, what's bastardized the, the, the ability to respond ordinarily is the Marvel collabs that have been happening at the movie theaters where like, I couldn't even, I've watched a number of, I don't know what's going on half the time. <laughs> Last time I saw Spider-Man was in a fight with, with uh, no, Batman and Superman were in a fight. Like, yeah, Superman's going to kick his ass every day of the week. Like, <laughs> Come on, like that man has no chance. Right. What are they because doing? <laughs> Superman didn't was not an ordinary man that gained powers. He already had them because he came from another planet. So this is like but why. he played Clark Kent. But he played Clark. He downed himself to oh. like ordinary so okay. that people wouldn't know he was a superhero. But that's really important too. One of the things that we like about uh, superheroes is their ability to collaborate and, and partner up with other superheroes. And a really good superhero will go out there to save the world, but find other people to help them. They don't think they could do it on their own. Well, you've triggered something in my own brain here, team, because I was just thinking, I think Superman, the traditional Clark Kent version, had limiting beliefs because he could have done any job in the world, except he chose to be a reporter at the the Daily Globe. I think it was the name of the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Do you, so do you, yeah. here's a question for you. Do you think superpowers can have limiting beliefs? I think that superpowers, we have, some people have a desire to suppress them in order to conform to what they believe is normal. So Clark Kent came in, uh, into this planet, into this world and began to recognize that he had a gift, that he had special abilities, but felt like he needed to blend in with the rest of the world instead of share what he actually had. And so I think a lot of people are like that. They recognize that they have a, a gift in, inside of themselves and they're almost scared to go out there and share it, to talk about it, to amplify it, to really understand how to utilize it because it is different, right? But a true a true superhero is different and they're recognized as being different. And I mean, I think people people get worried about that. So it's not necessarily the power that creates the limiting belief. It's the rest of society that tells us it's not okay that creates the walls, the ceiling, and the floor. I'm gonna keep it PG, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna but I'm gonna irritate your um your uh, um compatriots here. That is also, I think, um, has a lot to do with this concept of tall poppy syndrome, mm. right? So we live in a world where, um, for some reason, success is not super embraced and celebrated. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's not just in Australia and New Zealand. It's not a cultural thing. It's all over. All over the world. So, yeah. you know, when we talk about your listeners that are embracing, you know, like they have superpowers and what, you know, I'm going to crash, you know, I'm going to crack down these, these limiting beliefs. We have to still, it's a product of our environment. We still have to navigate the world and a world that's like, you know, hey, why are you trying to show off? Hey, how come you, you think you're so great? Oh, you look at what you have. Oh, you're so fancy. It in the world knocks us down and makes us feel guilt. It makes yeah. us feel ashamed of our own superpowers. 
Um, and so I think in all, in a lot of sense, that's kind of the Clark Kent story, right? Because, you know, if he was born on another planet and just had superpowers 24 seven, he should have just, you know, been the richest man. He should have been the king of the world, but the world would have been like, oh, you're the king because mm -hmm. you, you know, you're the man of steel. And so we always, we have that constant struggle with the rest of the world and our own ability to reconcile where we fit in. And look, I just, I want to encourage people to start embracing the idea that it is super cool to be super successful, that it is super cool to help a ton of people, that it's super cool to make a massive impact in the world. And we need to start a movement where we are really proud of that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen, brother and sister. And I, like, if we really want to go down the psychotherapy rabbit hole, Superman <laughs> was adopted. So he probably had a load of abandonment issues that sure. contributed to all this stuff. That's by the by. <laughs> We've hooked people in already with the superhero stuff, right? Because people love this stuff. Even I get sucked into this stuff as well. But for the folks at home who have never heard of you guys, have been living under rocks, who are you both? And what are you doing on this podcast today? Oh, I love that question. Um, I'm Sean Dill, and this is my lovely wife, Lacey. Um, we um, created a business many years ago Um that helps service providers to fall in love with the idea of being an entrepreneur. And um, we created this at what many would say is sort of a low point in our lives at a time when um, we didn't have. Um, we don't come from privilege. And in fact, through um, life circumstances and 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 the dummy tax lessons <laughs> Lots learned. Lots of dummy tax we paid. We found ourselves <laughs> in a amount. In a in a in a heap of debt, and we found ourselves living in a one bedroom apartment um, with almost no furniture. And we really wanted to encourage other people as we rebuilt a lot of you know it, a lot of successful two, people. Two kids part. Two kids living in the one bedroom apartment. <laughs> two kids, two us. adults yeah. um, living there. But what we did is we began this this journey um, to empower other service-based entrepreneurs to really embrace this idea of being an entrepreneur so that they could reach even more people, make an even bigger impact and to create the lifestyle that they deserve. And we're just applying what we teach. And um, hopefully if people um, see us and, and view us as role models, well, we just teach you um, to do exactly what we've been doing to build our business to where we are today. And further back, your your academic jobs what did you what did you become when you left school for context yeah we're both chiropractors by profession and so we actually uh, very early on we started a chiropractic franchise that now has 14 offices nationwide and it was really interesting because the model that we created to be able to take other doctors through levels of success in a profession that has often struggled with getting their message out there i think was very attractive to other people they wanted to know what we were doing and so we saw that as an opportunity because we could see that in all service industries not just chiropractic, they all had the same struggles, right? They struggled with that big, massive service giving heart and that business hand and being able to like balance the two and not believing that they could have it all. And so because of our chiropractic background, the franchise, we were able to take all the things that we taught and then amplify them out to help other people. Background, excuse the pun. Yeah. <laughs> quick, 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 obs obscure, like side note is the cracking noise when, when you're being, when you're having a spine adjusted, is that nitrogen in your bones? I, 
Go ahead. No, go I was going to say, yeah, I, we call it a bone fart. That's what I call it to all the kids in the <laughs> office because literally it's just a releasing of gases when that joint, that, that joint opens up. I will never unhear that bone fart. You will never unhear it. You're ruining the podcast. No, <laughs> Does, does he say this on every podcast, Leslie? <laughs> so it's, do you know what? Some of the most uh, inspiring people in my life have been chiropractors and whether I've known them directly, had work and, or have heard about them, they seem to be super duper open-minded. Is this a reoccurring theme in the, in the trade? A hundred percent. I think that, you know, when you're, when you in, in all walks of life, and in, in, well, I'd say in all walks of business, what you're looking for are open-minded people, right? It's impossible to sell or market into a closed-minded individual. Mm -hmm. So chiropractors tend to be open-minded because they're practicing in an alternative healing art, right? If you're going to follow convention, you would have ended up as, a, as an allopathic medical doctor or an osteopath. And so just by the fact that they have chosen um, what many would deem an alternative career path, that shows that they're open-minded. And this reflects in, in a lot of different areas as well. Um, as they venture into practice, building a business, et cetera. And that's why you see there's so many, so many chiropractors. Um, you have John Demartini, um, you have Joe Dispenza, who are very well known in areas outside of chiropractic, chiropractic. Mm -hmm. um, because that is part of that entire philosophical paradigm that we are taught, but it begins, you, you're, you're right on the money. It begins with an open mind. I haven't met too many chiropractors that have written books, incidentally. Really? A am I really? just, am I just, I mean, a talk, apart from the two that you just mentioned, Demartini and Dispenza, who are really mega stars in this whole field, I think. I don't, it's not one of those things. I know Eric Berg, who has a YouTube channel. He was a car. He's also a Scientologist, which I found really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Eric Berg, Dr. Eric I don't Berg? Know I don't know the name, no. So his YouTube channel, I think he's got eight or nine million followers. It's wow. uh, he, he just really presents nutritional advice. Brilliant. One of the best channels that, that I've seen. Uh, super impartial guy. Looks fantastic. Looks healthy. You know, practice what he preaches kind of thing. But I, I haven't seen too many authors but i loved your book i really loved your book i read it a while ago when i was as a, on a guest on your podcast and i reread it in anticipation of having you on the show oh. and what i was kind of gently probing at earlier about what your background what you do was all this amazing experience ripping the family off to costa rica for a long period of time and i wondered if you might share some of the the ins and outs of what was going on there because that's fascinating to a lot of people certainly myself yeah yeah, sure. So when I, I graduated chiropractic college when I was 24, um, and you know, when you're 24, you know, everything, um, you've learned everything there is to know in the world. Correct. And so Correct. I just yeah. was like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. move to Costa Rica. Um, one big problem. I didn't speak Spanish. I mean, in your you're um, dealing with that yourself and in, in your move to Mexico um, <laughs> see, see, when no. you're 24, you're like, of course, everybody speaks English all over the world. Well, you get, you know, into, into Costa Rica and San Jose, there are some English speakers, but you definitely can't do business without speaking Spanish. Um, so my first year in practice was absolutely horrific. Um, super struggle because I mean, imagine going to a doctor that could barely explain to you what was <laughs> happening. Um, and, and they were doing something that you weren't used to. And so this was just an utter disaster. 
I, I got a break um, at the end of my first year and I was invited on a television show. And I was like, this is it. It was a national television show. I was like, this is my big break. So, and I really didn't want to mess this up. Love um, this story. You, will, you will very much relate to this, Layman. I, I was like, all right, so I don't want to mess this up. So here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to hire somebody and I'm going to have them coach me on the answers to questions that are obvious that they're going to ask me. So clearly that they're going to ask like, what is chiropractic? And so I had a answer and what can chiropractic help? And I had an answer and I was, I was prepped. I was ready to go. And I got on the show and the, um, the host was very personal, much like yourself and much like today. So imagine I came here today and I was prepared with, um, with my answer. And you were like, what's your definition of superhero? So <laughs> the question that I got on TV was, Sean, you look a little bit Asian. How is chiropractic different than acupuncture? And I was like, hmm, I, I had enough. I had been there a year. I, I definitely understood the question, but I could not formulate an answer. So I was repeating back the stock answers that my coach had taught me to say. So the answers now didn't match the questions. So it didn't matter what you asked. I was just going to answer something to make it sound good in Spanish. Um, and the host was looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Um, the interview ends. I, I was like, this was terrible. I absolutely bombed this because the questions just kept going more and more off base of what I, I had trained myself to answer. <laughs> and I was like, I, I absolutely, I, I, I bombed it. Um, a couple months later, they called me back and they're like, would you come back and do the show? And I was like, really? Um, and so I went back and it was like a little bit better. And then eventually I started to learn Spanish. I told you what I did was I read the newspaper cover to cover every single day. And so I started to get better and better at Spanish. Um, and then when I was leaving, when I was leaving Costa Rica, um, I had a relationship with this host. I was on, on their show monthly for, for many, many, many years. And they said, remember when you came on the show for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. Like that was terrible. And they said, you know, when you left the, when you left the set, I turned to the producers and I said, get him back. And the producers are like, have you lost your mind? And she's the host said, yeah, get him back. I can tell by looking in his eyes that he has something very important to say. So get him back on the show and keep bringing him back until he gets it right. So that for me was my, my absolute, you know, guardian angel um, touched by the hand of God break that I needed the practice just absolutely exploded. And, you know, as you know, living in Mexico, um, you know, a 25 year old in Costa Rica um, doing well, you know, it's, it's, that's as good as it gets. You're, you're living like a King. Uh, the reason I love this story though, I got to say, it, I mean, it's, it's funny a little bit like hearing the story, but, and it's, it's great to hear how that ended up, but there's so many people that we meet in our lives and come across that actually have a message to, to say. They have a story that they want to tell. They have something deep inside of them that they want to share with the world, but they're not willing to go back. Yeah. You know, like they ha may have been embarrassed. They may not have said it right. People may have uh, told them their message wasn't good enough or made fun of them. And I've seen so many people quiet themselves and douse down their voice um, because of others. And I love that Sean didn't do that. And it's just a true testament of if you speak your truth and you speak it loud enough, the right people will listen, right? That's the power of that story. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I didn't know that story. I don't remember reading it in the book and certainly in that detail. Uh, I did start a little bit later in the book this time around, however. But it reminds me of a guy, Steve Hardison, 
who's known as the ultimate coach. I might have touched on this guy at all uh, at some point when we last spoke, but if you haven't, for those listening, Steve Hardison is an enigma, really. Like he he lives in Mesa in Arizona in the United States, a devout Mormon. He's in his late 60s and he's known as the ultimate coach. And if you were to hire him to coach you, it's 200,000 US dollars for 50 hours of his time. And that's a bargain. And I've been fortunate enough to be mentored by this gentleman for, I don't know why this came about, guardian angel, whatever you want to call it. And he's spoken to me a number of times about, he said his, his whole thing is about being. And what you were, what you were talking about, Sean, like the, she could feel something about you, your energy, right? That vibrational frequency, whatever you want to call it. And he said that, he said, Laban, I could go to any country in the world where they didn't speak English with no money and get myself on a business class flight anywhere in the world. Like it, this, and this guy has a history in his early days before airlines sort of changed the way that they do things. He he's ripped up his ticket and to prove a point to someone he's with and gotten on first class, like on domestic and international flights just to, and this is the kind of guy and people compare him in a non-blasphemous way to what Jesus Christ, a modern Jesus Christ would be like and the way that he, if you've ever met anyone super charismatic and they're just with you, they are engaged and nothing else matters. And it sounds to me that this, this is what this, this woman has picked up on because it was aligned with your purpose at the time. And I suppose my question really is, is, is that still your purpose? That, that spark in your eye that you had, is that still the same purpose or has it evolved? No, a hundred percent. That is still my purpose. What happened for me, my journey, is I realized I had built a, a tremendous practice in Costa Rica. I was seeing about 200 to 250 patient visits per day. Um, that was just me. That was how many people were coming to see me. Wow. I worked five and a half days a week. Um, I was young. I was making great money. Um, and I made a trip to the United States. And I was with a bunch of other chiropractors. And somebody was introducing me and they were like, hey, this is Sean. And the other person was like, who? And right then I, I realized, not, not because of ego, not because of don't you know who I am. I, it hit me that I wasn't making as big of an impact as I thought. I was making a big impact on a micro level, but I wanted to make a bigger impact. The vision, the mission remains the same. And so us talking to you today is 100% in full transparency, us um, creating the relationship with you so that we could leverage your platform and your influence to have this conversation, which now includes a conversation about the power that your body has to heal itself, that your body is a 100% self-regulated organism that's controlled entirely by the nervous system, and that interferences to that nervous system cause you to get sick. Like that's why we do what we do. Yes, we have multi-million dollar businesses that provide the fuel to have this conversation here because if I would have stayed in Costa Rica, I would never have met you and we would never be having this conversation. Yeah, amen. Amen, brother. Lacey, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> So actually, Sean and I met a little bit later in his life when he came back to the States. And so when he came back to the States, um, probably he was here for, I 
couple four, of years. Yeah, a couple of years, three or four years. And then we ended up dating and, and been together since. And the good thing about us is, is that we both have the same passion for chiropractic, the, the same fire for chiropractic. And it was really easy for us to recognize that in each other from that we met and from very early on. And so everything that we do, like Sean said, that's, that's the fuel for us to be able to go out there and not just, um, not just utilize that to get on platforms to talk about chiropractic, but also utilize some of our money and some of our funds to give back to the profession that we love so much. We have, have been on a mission to be able to give back next week. Actually this week on Sunday, we are going to Mexico city to do a mission trip with 14 other chiropractors that we are bringing with us to help take care of the people of Mexico city. The only reason that we can be gone for seven days is because we have these other businesses that fuel our ability to do that. And that's what lights us up. I mean, that's truly what it's all about. And I think when you can get so crystal clear about your purpose and your passion, then there's nothing that you can't do. Right. And I think that that's what's, that's, what's fueled us. And, and I think when you really define your purpose and your passion, it's really hard for it to change. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't that, go uh, away. Yeah. It's like that dragon's breath, uh, which is the, the name for the material that they light on fire that can't be extinguished. You know, the stuff I'm talking about. There's like, a, maybe it was on Mythbusters a few times. Like you light huh. this thing and you cannot extinguish it. Like if you get it on you, you are like, you until it burns itself out, you're done. Right. Like, mm. and, uh, and that, that's how I feel about my purpose. Took me till I was 40 odd to figure it out. But like, thank God, I know plenty of people that have died, you know, in 70, 80, still figuring it out. Yeah. So, my, well, really the next question is, how how important is, you know, you touch on it. I don't know what it is, but like how important is faith in, in the work that you do and the lives that you live? Well, I think that um, faith for everybody listening is, is a very personal decision. Um, but I do think that it is for the most part irrefutable that there is some level of intelligence that has created all of this. Um you know, there's the concept of entropy, but there's nothing random about all of the stuff that's mm -hmm. happening. You know, every single thing about every single thing is organized. Um, our mentor, Dave Meltzer, talks about the concept of there is a power that loves you more than you love your children. There's a power that loves you more than your parents love you. And so this power that there's nothing random about, um, you you have to, over the course of your life, begin to um, at least um, have an appreciation for and an understanding that you are at all times promoted and protected. That you that that nothing is happening just sort of randomly. Um, and and I always tell people too that there's whatever you think. So the reason why it's difficult to talk about faith is that whatever you think it is, whatever you think that power is, it's not that. It's it's bigger than that. And so you're just constantly trying to expand your appreciation for it. And then you're like, hey, okay, I get it, Sean. It's bigger than that. So uh, whatever you think it is now, it's not that. It's bigger. It's it's non it's not comprehensible. Mm -hmm. And so I think really what it boils down to is that we must understand that our educated minds have a finite ability to comprehend things. I and and this thing that we're talking about is not comprehensive. Well, and that's what I was just going to say. I have this conversation with clients all the time because 
in the midst of chaos, people begin to lose control. They lose faith. They lose control. They feel overwhelmed. They step into a place of fear. And I tell them this all the, all the time that your educated mind is not equipped to see the order within what you believe is chaos because the universe understands that everything has an order. It puts everything in order, but your educated mind is not in a, in a place to be able to see that. So if you just give it time, if you just give it space, eventually you'll look back and you'll see the order in things, right? And so the, the fear, the overwhelm, the chaotic feelings, you have to be able to sometimes move through those so that you can come out and be, be able to see where you were protected and promoted. Yeah, I, I really resonate deeply with that. Boy, we talk about spirituality so much on this podcast that I think any atheists uh, probably aren't listening, if I'm totally honest, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, hey, I, I might be surprised. Um, I know I've interviewed a couple in the earlier, earliest, particularly scientists as well. But oh. like for, for me, it's gotten to a point where it's beyond any shadow of any doubt that there is something else at play, right? I don't know what the answer is. But I'm just going to continue to remain open-minded and not pin myself to one uh, pig-headed ideal that's going to prevent me from being able to continue learning. And the thing I love about my whole mantra, right, and maybe you don't know this, maybe you do, it is that I just want to know the truth so that I can make an informed decision. That's it. That's it. Like, you know, I've, and I shared in my, on the interview I did with you guys, I think about my three-year carnivore diet eating just meat. And like, that triggers a lot of people, right? And I think, Lacey, from memory, you're a vegetarian. I'm not sure what your reasons for vegetarianism is, but like, that's what I did, right? And and it's funny, some people that I share that story with jump straight down my throat and like completely dismiss it or whatever, even some really intelligent people, right? Mm -hmm. And and if I'm to find out later on that, that doing the opposite of that uh, is better for me, I mean, I'll put my hand up. I'll take down all the other stuff that that might be old and irrelevant and and embrace the new, right? And I, and I just I, I find it really hard to find people that that are as open minded. Is that just an anomaly with me, or is that what you experience in your lives as well? Well, yeah, you and you love this because it's it's the fear of being called a hypocrite. Yeah, and I, we we talk about this a lot. Is this idea of being a hypocrite? People are so scared to have people point at them and say, "But before you said blah 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 blah, now you're saying something different." Well, being a hypocrite is just a sign of growth. It's actually identifying that at one time in your life you understood a concept in a certain way and you believe that to be that truth in that moment but as you grew and and attained obtained more knowledge looked into things kept further developing your mind you changed your mind and that was okay because you knew a new truth right and so i always say you want to be called a hypocrite that means that you are growing and you're shifting and you're expanding right and so that is just the uh, one of the identifiable markers of an open mind is somebody that's willing to say i used to say this but i was wrong and now let me tell you what i know to be true right and so you're right there's not a lot of people that are willing to stand on that platform i i've never heard that that terminology used in terms of being a hypocrite is a sign of like thank god for you <laughs> right that, that's honestly i've never heard that before and it's so uh so great to have that in my arsenal and i wish some of the people that were in positions of power would be humble enough to be able to to say hey you know what got it wrong and yep. um i don't know if you know him i had dr peter mccullough 
uh, yep. on the, who's the most recent guest is a great example of that, right? And uh, I think, you know, we'll look forward into history and realize that he was probably responsible for saving hundreds of thousands, millions, maybe tens, hundreds of millions of lives, you know, and, and um, God, it's just, you rack your head against the, the brick wall sometimes just going, why can't people get it? Why can't people yeah. get it? That's a question. Why can't people get it? Wow, we're, we're 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 programmed, you know, and that's you know I don't want to get super conspiracy <laughs> theorist on you, but I mean, um, there there is an awful lot of 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 manipulation and mind control through media and um, information that's disseminated. Social media, um, you see the way that information comes. If if you are only exposed to one side uh, of of a story. Um, and it's continual, eventually you'll begin to question your own truth uh, over and over and over. They keep telling you that what you believe to be true is is not true, and they're providing you anecdotal evidence. Um, it really is hard in today's electronic age yeah. um, to be a free thinker. I mean, we've just lost that now. In, in, in the existentialist days where you know we were traveling around and there was philosophical discussion, by definition, I wasn't being exposed to information. After I spoke to you, I would sit and think about it, ponder it, discuss it. But now, as soon as this conversation's over, as soon as this podcast is over, you're bombarded, you know, you're bombarded yeah. with other information to either validate your your worldview or to begin to erode and destroy but, it. So free thinking has just been lost in the world. And I would say, too, just as uh, as humans, we are also programmed to try actively to reinforce our current narrative, right? Like not only are we bombarded with, with social media and information, but like people are actually looking for more validation of the way that they are currently thinking. And then that takes them down the narrative spiral of never being able to see any other view. I surround myself with friends that think just like me, that tell me I'm right. I, I only watch the news on certain channels that CNN. tell me I'm right, that support my narrative. We don't, we know what they are, whatever, back yeah. and forth, either side. I only read things that support my narrative. Therefore, I believe that my narrative is absolute, right? And so that's just what we're designed to do. And I think it's really hard for people to break out of that let me actually go look at the other side. Let me find information that contradicts how I'm currently thinking or people like actively or people Let me make friends right? with people that don't think how I, because that actually is how I would grow. Right? You know, they, they, when they talk about how you are the product and look, we have content on social media that talks about you are the product of the five people that you hang around with. Mm -hmm. But in, in all reality, you know, this should be a reality check for everyone because you need to stop for a second and look at the five people that you hang around with. If they all look like you act like you think, like you and talk like you, you have the wrong five people. Probably stagnant. You you really mm -hmm. need to have diversity in the people that you are intentionally surrounding yourself with. And so when you ask like, why is it that way? It's because the our, our human psyche insulates us and isolates us from op opposing viewpoints. And I think if we would just begin to embrace that. It doesn't have to be combative, combative or destructive, but embracing being around opposing viewpoints will actually enrich your own life. It enriches your your mind. It it it, it expands your your consciousness. Um, it 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 allows for growth and abundance. But you have to make that conscious decision that you will allow that in your life. Yeah, <laughs> and so I've been really trying to put myself out of my comfort zone when it comes to this and. Uh, maybe four or five episodes back, I released an interview I did with Flat Earth Dave, right? 
and <gasps> and and like talk about going on the one side of the spectrum because I was I, I'm curious I, I've been lied to a lot um, particularly with medical people doctors surgeons around my incurable autoimmune disease which uh, you know I shared last time and and you know whether it was deliberate or not it was still positioned in a way that there was there is not any alternate response than this all right and that's that's what i really don't like i interviewed dave who and i what i what i wanted to get to the bottom was of where he was at mentally right normal guy as far as i can tell and who was in the corporate land and then came across these ideas and and the way that he spoke it was never disparaging of the other opinion and what i started to look at was everyone else that was on the 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 main the mainstream or the majority and the the way that they you would they would attack his ideas or, or not just his but that that whole community i've seen this done before and it's it's usually when the the, the argument's not solid maybe i'm not articulating it too right but like it's kind of like a gaslighting kind of thing. If someone, if you knew that someone was 100% wrong in their thinking, why would you need to berate and belittle them? And it really, it, it was such a thought experiment. One that I would encourage everyone to look at because this guy offered three Bitcoins if you could disprove certain things if you went through his material. So he's really putting his money with, where his mouth was. It was like, now I'm not, I, I don't know, Right until I go up there, because my bucket list is to go up there, right? And to see it for myself, it's still up in the air, right? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, and, and again, those are things that um, to, to the majority of people, you know, we're, we're talking about concepts. It's like having, like you brought up earlier, the spiritual side, is there a God or are you an atheist? Well, we can have a healthy debate um, but th at the end of the day, we're probably not going to be able to arrive at an absolute. Now, th and that's the hard thing is that goes back to these are not comprehensible to our limited, feeble human brains. Mm -hmm. And we want everything to fit into our minds. I was thinking when you and were it saying doesn't. that, like when we talk about this concept of entropy mm -hmm. and 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 the, the concept in physics is that everything tends to move towards disorder. That if I were to take a china plate and throw it on the ground, see Sean, it bashed apart into a thousand random pieces. Mm -hmm. To which I would argue, well, there was nothing random about how it broke. That it had everything to do with gravity, the, 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 force, the force of gravity, the composition of the, the plate, the, the angle at which it hit. All of those things, and that actually, if we had the knowledge, we could actually calculate what would happen. We yeah. just don't have that knowledge, therefore, we call it random. Mm -hmm. And so, I think in the same case, I think that a lot of things that don't fit into our feeble, small human minds, we love to then just throw them in the random bucket, or we make up a story because it fits, because that's what we were taught in second grade, and we cling to that um, fervently. And everybody else is wrong. And lastly, I, to your, your point about attacking, I think that's very interesting because we attack people, not ideas. And and, and that's what's crazy. I, I would be more than happy if you told me people were attacking the idea and providing valid arguments. arguments. But when you, when you have to attack a person because they hold the idea, that's when I, I agree with you, like the whole thing falls apart. And you know where we see this a lot is in politics. Yes, right. Well, I was going to say, it just reminds me of one of our mentors. He used to always say that everybody is looking at truth inside of a box. And then we're all just looking at it through different holes, right? And the reality of it is there is some form of truth, but it's our our 
perspective, our experience, um, where we are in our lives, our mindsets, our, our breadth of knowledge, where we're looking through that hole and that truth may look so different from one person to the other, but we could never come together to see the other person's side because we aren't them. And that's that, that for me has always been such a powerful statement for me to be able to step back and say, there is some sort of truth there. I just don't understand that hole, that pinhole, that perspective that you see it through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that Steve Hardison guy I mentioned I've heard him say multiple times that there can be more than one truth. It can be multiple truths, which I thought mm -hmm. was an interesting, whereas a lot of people certainly on Twitter will not agree with that. <laughs> right. Twitter does not believe there is many truths. <laughs> and, and, and just so, on Twitter, on Twitter as well, something that I find really staggering is uh, as a percentage of the global population, it's a very, very minute number but it represents seemingly the values or the ideas of a much larger number. And mm -hmm. so it could easily be incredibly biased. And then you build in some of the throttling that goes on by the, by the private companies. Certainly when I share certain podcasts, um, you know, they don't get any, any views or downloads at all. And then the other ones get a heap. It's like, there's, there's a, um, there's a real, we're in a state of flux at the moment with regards to certainly around the idea of free speech. And I'm learning about the principles of the constitution and growing up in New Zealand, it wasn't anything really exposed to and the significance of the second amendment and all the other things that I thought were all, you know, pish posh, didn't have any relevance on me. And they're all of a sudden they're front and center um, in terms of something I'd like to understand better so I can make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. love it spoken like a true american <laughs> you better be careful they're gonna label you a patriot <laughs> well i get treated like a uh, january 6th bloody person every time right. immigration is kind of what are your intentions um what's random about you know and they, this is a great thing we arrived in in uh naples last week and the guy's like uh giving Anna grief, right? Her electronic visa hadn't come up in the system. Happens every time we come here, whether it's her or me. And 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 Anna caught off guard. She, he said, how long are you going to be here? And she said, oh, like a couple of weeks or two months. And like the moment she said that, like he pounced on her, right? Yeah. And she was just a bit flustered, poor thing. And I just went in there and I said, hi, I'm, I'm Anna's husband. How can I help? And he said, what do you do? And I said, rightly or wrongly, I'm the world's best courage coach, right? And and they started saying, yeah, my wife said I'm the world's best husband and all this stuff. And they were kind of taking the mickey out of it. And he, he anyway, he went through and we were able to cl clear it all up. But he said, and he had the wrong information, by the way. As part of our, our, part of our passports, I'm an Australian and New Zealand citizen and as an Australian Russian but on her Australian passport and my Australian passport, we're allowed to enter the country twice for three months at a time in a 12 month period. Right. We've already spent one lot of three months here and we're arriving. We want to utilize the three months. He didn't, he thought it was one lot of three months and 12 months. I didn't feel like getting into an argument with the department of Homeland security guy. Right. <laughs> Good right? <one. laughs> and so he, but he, he martyred himself. He goes, you know what, I'm probably probably going to get fined for this, but I'm going to let you in. I should be turning you around, putting you back on a boat where you came from. And I really 
was this close to just telling him to go and do that yeah and i'll come through the southern border and uh get a social security <laughs> and a cell phone and do it like like that took all my all my courage coaching ability oh um, man so that that was the experience but uh so i take the good with the bad i take the good yeah. with the bad, what i yeah. say what what see amazing you on, see you on fox news tonight <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully if they're speaking to me in English, then I might be able to answer the questions correctly. <laughs> I won't have to prepare in Spanish. Thank goodness. What ex what exciting projects have you two handsome devils got coming up? Well, we have two right now. Yeah, two we just ones. launched um, our very first. Um, we are franchisees. We're franchisors in our chiropractic project. We're franchisees um, for Everbowl, which is an acai bowl concept out of Southern California. Um, we just launched our first of seven stores in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Number one opened up, um, heading to Little Rock, heading to Austin, opening stores there. Um, and then we also are What's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Everbowl. 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 E-V-E-R-B-O-W-L. Yep. Everbowl. Is it, is it all you can eat? No, not all. No, it's eat. kind <laughs> of like a like a chipotle where you go down, then you say, "I want this base, I want these toppings, I want this butter," and then you get your bowl. And then, trust me, you couldn't eat. Can't eat that. You much. can't eat that much. It's so good. It's so filling. <laughs> it was just the would, name. It was just the yeah, name. you oh, would no. love their. You would love their concept. Their whole concept and uh, what they surround themselves with this idea of unevolve, where we're really going back to eating food um that Even moving eating food that fuels you movement fuels you and food that fuels you and it's all natural you know from the earth type of concept everything is from the earth everything is natural there's no dairy no added sugar no gluten um in the products so it's mm -hmm. super healthy and delicious um, and delicious yeah it's, everybody it sounds, kids like it too it sounds yeah. and way more successful than the franchise Never ever bowl that blew never, ever yeah, bowl. never ever right. bowl. A couple, a couple You'll never ago. ever see a never ever bowl. So yeah. <laughs> so you got ever bowl, and what's the other project you got going on? The other one's called Well Infused. We just um we're the franchisors on that, and so we are working with um some dear friends of ours, Nate and Stacy Bloomy, opening um a concept called Well Infused, which is nutritional IVs. And everybody's heard of nutritional IVs, but what makes this unique is that the nutritional IVs are based off of each individual's needs. So it's through blood tests, um, determining what your nutritional deficiencies are, and then just supercharging you to get those um, nutrients, um, vitamins, minerals back into you um, through IV therapy. Salt, um, room therapy, salt room therapy, bioidentical hormones are in there. So we have a lot of great concepts to help overall your overall well-being yeah we got to help more people like you live way past 100 yes well good news for you two jokers i'm well on my way to going to 150 it's what i've Perfect. permanently got my gp every time i go it says patient said he's gonna live to 150 and then according to anna my wife uh it's 450 now we're both gonna oh good so, see okay. we've got some goals we've got You're, to crush. You can be a lifetime client i can't wait <laughs> you'll fill up we'll your loyalty you, card yeah we'll, yeah we'll figure out that lifetime <laughs> price point for you <laughs> get 999 stamps get your thousand session free so yeah. <laughs> so this is very exciting the the book none of your business is really great have you got any other books on the horizon and we, have we have a couple, a ideas. couple, yeah. We have a couple in us. We'll get those. There done. will definitely be more books for sure. Yep. Okay. So, and uh, the links for your book will be made available. You can get it on well Amazon. You get it 
everywhere on Amazon, certainly available anywhere in, in bookstores yet. Just on Amazon, amazon.com. Um, but we also, for anybody that would like, we put together a package for your listeners and we've um, posted it at www.gethopetoday.com. Gethopetoday.com. Um, we have a digital copy of the book there, absolutely free. There's nothing to buy at gethopetoday.com. We, ton of stuff that people loved that we just decided to give away for free. Yes. We've dumped Podcasts, amazing stuff courses, there. Courses. Tons and tons book, of stuff. Yeah. All for free. So if you liked what we said, you can go there. And if you didn't like what we said, you do can not find go us. There. Do not go there. Find us on the social media platforms. DM us. Tell us how you hated our message and we'll just move on. I like that. Actually, you <laughs> have to get that right. I'm going to turn the tables on you. The people that write um, the funny comments on, on social media. The haters. Oh yeah, I got I got a good one the other day. Oh, <laughs> on LinkedIn. Uh, do you want me to share what it was? Yes, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I can't remember whether I took I mean, a screen screenshot of this. Hanging here. Um, this was. Uh, I might I might be under the pump here, but um, <laughs> it was so. My background was IT recruitment for twelve years uh employed and then for a year on my own and i placed this guy. His name's francois hoffman he's a south african guy who lives in australia and there's loads of francois hoffmans by the way so it's a very, <laughs> like john smith and the video was posted by my social media guy and it was something along the lines of um had me in there and it's like i'm laving ditchburn world's best courage coach but this is the most courageous person i know referring to my wife anna who her and I collectively have gone through 16 miscarriages. She was, you know, mm -hmm. childhood sexual abuse and all this other stuff. And she's got an amazing podcast series called World's Best Trauma Recovery Podcast. Like, it was probably one of the most inspiring posts that came out. And this guy, I don't have it in front of me, but I'll paraphrase. You had a career in recruitment and by some right, you you feel entitled. You are completely... Um, not narcissistic, but uh, self-absorbed. And I hope you fail. Oh my gosh. Right. Now I must, I must no. preface, I must preface like for every one of those, I get a hundred really great ones. Sure, right? sure. I'll get here some of yours in a minute. But I, I took some time to respond. And, and after a conversation with the Steve guy, cause I discussed this on another podcast and he heard the podcast and then he gave me like this, this amazing inspiration. I replied back just saying, hey, Francois, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with me. Um, I'm on a constant journey to always try and do better. Um, you know, sending you lots of love and abundance, Laban, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard the explosion from 14,000 <laughs> miles away when his head completely disintegrated. Um, that took a lot of willpower not to really rip into him. Yeah. Have you guys got any examples like that that you could share? Oh, mine are more comical. Yeah, yours are um, funnier. I was on a podcast with Jordan Belfort, um, and the comment was, "Never trust a man with a tan and a black shirt." <laughs> Not really sure what, what those things go together, uh, but that was one. You don't like your um, sparkly was, jacket. And 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 years, like two years later, um, there was a clip of me, and I was wearing a a, a sport coat that has sort of like sparkles on it, and someone literally, different person, literally wrote. Never trust a man wearing a sparkling <laughs> suit. <laughs> uh, Is it the same person? 
Not yeah. the same person. I, I checked. I was like, the guy's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're 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 super tan because last I heard, Sean, you're uh, at the country club whacking golf balls every day before you go and do I, your your day to day, right? I've been I've been abundantly blessed, and and that's one of my passions and hobbies. I love to get out there on the golf course, and 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 it helps with your vitamin D levels. So you get lots of sun. <laughs> that's right. Um. So yes, I I've Be been grounded. I've been very fortunate to to have that. And and honestly, too, just for the sake of you know edifying your 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 listeners, um, when I my my second job. Um, was shining shoes at a country club when I was extremely young, when I was in high school. And I, I would watch all these guys come in and I would shine their shoes while they played golf. And I thought to myself, wow, one day I want to be like them. Like literally, I just thought every day while I'm shining these guys' shoes, I mean, hundreds of shoes, just shining their shoes. And I was like, I want to be like them. So for me, that got ingrained in me. That became something that was really important for me um, as a marker um, for in my mind, like that I had achieved a certain level to be able to do that today. Um, Lacey and I have actually two country club memberships, one in Florida, one in Indiana. Um, she is like, why do you need two? Um, but in, in all honesty that, you know, everybody has this thing, whether, you know, a Rolex watch or you were able to buy this car. I think it is really important that um, when you achieve your goals in life, that you reward yourself so that you can anchor yourself um, to the fact that life changes as a product of your hard work. And so, yeah, I, when I go out there, I, I am able to play a lot of golf, but I constantly remind myself when I go out there that this is a product of the work that I put in. And I think it's a really important and I love reading that in your book as well. There's a number of really brilliant tips and ideas about celebrating success, being okay with money. There's it's there's something for everyone in there. And I really would encourage people to read this book. It's really, really good. The like the, the simple things like playing golf, it, it's seen as a luxury. Like it's it may as well be you going to the gym, right? You're getting probably at least if you're doing 18 holes, you're doing at least 12, 13,000 steps a day. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's an important part of maintaining health. You're right. hundred percent about vitamin D you'll notice I'm not wearing a shirt. Uh, my, my look is this sports jacket and uh, I kind of like it because I'm rocking a tan because I'm, I don't wear a shirt in Mexico. Right. right. <laughs> and uh, that's just, that's my thing. Right. I, I like, and, and I feel like a million bucks. Lacey, what do you do to, to relax, to fulfill that physical requirement. <laughs> so I, I do a couple of things. Uh, number one, like my passion, I'm, I'm very Italian and I love to cook. So my passion is cooking, checking out, um, going to restaurants and trying to recreate recipes is something that I really love to do. Um, so I have many times uh, redone our kitchens and have every kitchen gadget you can imagine. And I actually really love designing and decorating our homes. So that's something that when I'm, when I'm like, oh, I'm just going to unwind, that means I'm probably going to buy some furniture. So that has a tendency have buy some furniture and cook up some meat, even though I'm a vegetarian for this one. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I was chuckling um, privately to myself when you were picking a restaurant to go and to have dinner at like when that, that whole, the selling process that Sean's like implemented to help with that whole process. You're a genius, Sean. Oh, <laughs> the, the amount genius. of steakhouses that this vegetarian eats at would be <laughs> wild for most of it, most of your listeners. Happy <laughs> to help brilliant. anybody that needs help <laughs> on sales that training. Needs help, just DM Sean. That, is the, let ultimate, you know. that yeah. is the ultimate in sales right yeah. there. Well, you touched on some of this. So we'll just go, where, where can people find you best? You got a podcast as well, as well, which is brilliant. Give that a plug, please, while you're here. 
Yeah, the book and the podcast are both named None of Your Business, um, podcast on every platform, book on Amazon, and then once again, www.gethopetoday.com. All of our social handles are there. So if you want to follow us on, on social and um, get access, um, digital copy of the book, there's courses on there that people have paid us money for. So we only do this for super special people like you um, because other people paid money for the content that is on that page. So I really hope that people will take advantage of that. But we're also really open too. So anybody that wants to reach out has a yes. question, like, please do. We invite that. We're, you know, we're always checking our messages and we're the ones that would really contact you back. So please do that. Love that. Do you have any concluding thoughts for the audience today? Man, I absolutely loved this. Um, I got to say that for your audience, you guys are so lucky that you have Laban and that you have stumbled across this mm -hmm. uh, super valuable resource. And thank you to you um, because, you know, all of all the topics that we spoke about, um, you know, this idea of, you know, finding your purpose, finding your passion, and then, you know, being willing to stand up and, and put yourself out there. And that's exactly what you do. Um, and so many people benefit from that. And so my conclusion is just expressing gratitude for you, this opportunity to share this time with you and and all of your all of your listeners. And I would just I just want to share um, a line that I heard that has super touched me and resonated with me. And I think it's appropriate for the conversation we have today. It's just a reminder to not dilute your dreams for other people. And I think that that's so important. We're talking about being your own superhero, really finding your gifts, sharing it with the world um, and, you know, not diluting your message and your dreams for those around you because they're yours. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean and Lacey. Seven days a week and 24 hours. Yup, I got the business saying this boy sure is up to something. Why don't you come and listen? Just don't hit the power button. They say I'm crazy when I say I got the superpowers. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this if you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com.